Hello, this is Aaron Bounds, pastor of the Anchor Church located in Zanesville, Ohio. I want to say thanks for tuning in today. I hope this podcast inspires you, encourages you, and helps you to live the life God called you to live. Glory, glory, glory. We're, we're going to be reading today from the book of 2 Kings chapter 4. Thank you, praise team, and leading us in worship. Amen. What a touch of God that's here. Good to see Brother and Sister Redmond back all the way from the West, West Coast pretty much. We're so glad you're home. So glad you're here. Made my day today. Good to see them. And, and all of our guests that are in the building, we welcome you. And, and uh, on this blustery weekend, and multiple families are quarantined. And I just felt imperative to have church though. I feel like we're, we're safe, but uh, we need to be in the house of God. And we do. We do, and uh, the Lord's going to touch us today. I, I always felt like when you come to the house of God, you should come with expectation that you're going to leave different than the way that you came, that your mind is going to be bigger. Maybe your mind even blown. Say, man, there's so much, there's so much greatness going to come out of my life. Do you believe that? God wants you to be better. He does. I want you to say that God wants me to be better. 2 Kings 4, 1. It's good to see Eric and Jeanette Philkin. So glad you're here. 35th anniversary, I believe, this weekend. Is it today? It's tomorrow. 35 years. My goodness. Let's give them a hand. They're originally from this area, but I've known them since 1990. And he's from this area. And he, he married a hillbilly, didn't you, Eric? And uh, so glad they're here. Those watching online, we welcome you today. We're so glad that you've joined us and taken time to be with us by way of virtual or the web. Or We're so glad that you've joined. We pray that God blesses you. We're so thankful. For those that couldn't be here, maybe felt uh, better at home this weekend, we're so glad that you've tuned in. I pray the Spirit of God touches you at home the way we feel it here. Amen. 2 Kings 4 and 1. Now there cried a certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets unto Elisha, saying, She said, Thy servant, my husband, is dead. And thou knowest that thy servant did fear the Lord. And the creditors come to take unto him my two sons to be bondmen. Let me just word it this way. I'm a widow now. I've recently lost my husband. We have some debt that he didn't pay off before he died. And now they're going to come and the creditor's already told me that if I can't pay the debt, he's, debt, he's going to take my sons and they'll be bombing. Otherwise, they'll be slaves. It was the law that day that if you couldn't pay your bill, you had to work it off and they could take your children to work that off. What she was saying was this, I'm tired of losing. I've lost my husband. I do not want to lose my boys. And the prophet, verse 2, and Elisha said unto her, what shall I do for thee? What do you want me to do? Then he says, tell me, what hast thou in the house? Look at your neighbor and say, what's in your house? Somebody just thought, bunch of dishes, need, need washed, laundry, got to take care of on the weekend. That's not what he's talking about. What's in the house? Somebody shout, what's in your house? And she said, thy handmaid hath not anything in the house. I don't have anything. I, I've already looked around. 
It's almost an afterthought. It comes, you see this, save a, a pot of oil. Some studies would maybe reveal that was possibly even just a flask of oil. A small portion, whatever it was, the size whether it was this big or, or this big, a small pot. Either way, she felt like it was too insignificant to take care of her need. But when she said, I have a pot of oil. Somebody shout, I've got something in the house. I believe with all of my heart that Elisha with exuberance says, then he said, verse three, go borrow the vessels abroad of all thy neighbors, even empty vessels. Number three, look at the point at the end of verse three, borrow not a few. Listen, God's about to do something multiplication. He's about to do something big. Don't do it small. It's going to be greater than you can imagine. I, I mean, you see this. You see this in the verse. Lady, what you thought was not enough is going to be more than enough. Because everything you need right now is actually in your house. Everybody shout, it's in the house. Let's clap our hands and praise him. It's in the house. I've got it in the house. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Look at your neighbor and say, what you need is in the house. God bless you as you are seated today. It's a story that has certainly principle laced all the way through it of how God operates. I've already told you part of the story in reading the text, but she's desperate. She's lost a husband. She's got a bill she can't pay. And she's got two sons that are about to be taken from her and they're going to become bondmen or slaves. It is concerning to her. So much so that she sent for the man of God. And the man of God comes to her and says, and the man of God comes to her and, and says, what can I do for you? And really it's implied. But what she's saying is, I don't have enough to take care of the problem. Preacher, I need a miracle. How many's ever come to church and you needed a miracle? I need a miracle. I, I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm desperate. I don't want my, I don't want to lose my sons too. And he asked this grand question that seems to be almost out, out of, out of, out of what she's thinking or expectation. He says, well, what do you have in your house? Uh, what do you want me to do for her? What's in your house? Oh, oh, preacher, I don't have anything in the house. I, I've looked under the floor. I've, uh, I've looked in the closets. I've, uh, I've moved around things, try to find where my husband would keep secret things, you know, like you dads do. You hide the candy bars from your, your kids. I've looked everywhere in the cupboards that maybe in, in every, every, every clay jar to see if there's any money. There, there's nothing in the house. That's almost like she says, well, there's a pot of oil. It's, Maybe I got, a, I got a little bit of oil in the house. You see, in that day, oil was, how much oil you had was a sign of wealth. Oil could be used in a vast variety of things, everything from cooking to anointing your head to uh, uh, burning in a lamp. It was, there were so many things that oil could be used in as value. But what she did know is that the amount of oil she had was insignificant to the need that she had. But when she said to the prophet, all I have, I do have something. Everybody say, I have something. It's insignificant, but it is something. He responds to her. 
go borrow of every neighbor that you have. Get as many vessels that you can get. Do not borrow a few. God is about to do something miraculous in your life. Get your boys involved. Get the sons involved. Tell them to, tell them to run and go get the vessels. Everybody shout, borrow not a few. And he said, God is going to provide for you. I want you to understand here today that if we are not careful, we withhold our miracle because in comparison to somebody else, it's not enough. We withhold our talents. We withhold our giving. We withhold what God wants us to do. Why? Because we feel what we have is not good enough to do what we need it to do. But you have to understand the principle of God does not, listen, God does not call those that have enough. Let me word it this way. God doesn't call the equipped. He will equip the called. He didn't give you all of it. He just gave you some of it. And he wants to know, can you trust him with all of it? And when God comes to you and he's wanting to use you, your, your gifts, your talents, maybe your finances, maybe your time, if we're not careful, we will compare ourselves to others and say what I have is not good enough to give. But God doesn't operate that way. When you look at scripture, he just wants to know, are you willing to give him what's in your house? And when you're willing to give him what's in your house, guess what God will do? God will multiply it and make it enough to take care of the need that's in your life. Somebody shout, it's in the house. Can I say to you, just because you can't sing does not mean God hasn't given you something good. Just because you can't preach. I remember when we would travel, Cindy and I evangelized. We were in 40 plus churches a year and we walk in, they knew I was the preacher. And some of them, I evangelized for a few years before we got married, five years. When I would walk into that church and they would meet my wife, preacher's wife would walk up to her and say, oh, Sister Bounds, it's good to have you. Uh, uh, do you sing? And she said, no, I don't sing. Well, do you play the keyboard? Oh, no, I don't play the keyboard. What do you do? It was almost in the mind, I can't preach what other denominations do, but it was almost in the mind of some people that you had to sing, play an instrument, or preach to be anything in the kingdom of God. Can I say that is a small mindset? Can I say to you, there is a great need in Southern Ohio. There's a great need. It's bigger than any of us can really do by ourselves. But if we're not careful, there is a need. There are tens of thousands of people that need to hear the gospel preached to them, whether it's in Morgan County or in Athens, whether it's in Coshocton, whether it's over in Woodsfield, there is a need, a great need that's bigger than anything that I could ever pay. So what do we do? Do we sit idle? Do we sit back and say, well, I can't sing, I can't preach, we don't have enough money? What are, you know, how are we going to reach, how are we going to reach 60,000 people in the area? Oh, preacher, I don't make enough money. I don't have enough talents. I don't have enough. If you're not careful, God calls you to do something great. And you look at the man of God when he's preaching and say, well, I don't have anything. I can't sing. I looked in the house. I can't preach. Can I preach to y'all for a little bit? I don't play a keyboard. You know, and the preacher, looked, well, what, well, what can you do? What do you do? Well, I, you know, I don't, I don't know. I really don't have anything. Do you know how many times somebody has told me I don't have any talents or gifts? That's a lie. That's not true. That's deception. 
Because God has placed in you your role, your calling, and your purpose. He's already put it in your house. And if we're not careful, we will deny God what he's expecting to do a miracle in. And that is in the talents and giftings that God has given us. So you don't sing. So you don't play an instrument. Hey, do you know how to work electric? Do you know how to do plumbing? Do you know how to clean? Can you paint? Can you pour concrete? Because there's a whole lot more to the ministry than just preaching, singing, and playing an instrument. Can you say amen? Can you, can you provide some time? Can you be a phys, involved in physical labor? Can you be an encourager? Can you become a counselor? Can you become a teacher? There's so many things that you can do. Can you cook? Amen. Apostolic people love to eat. There are things that you can do if you will stop comparing yourself to somebody else's house. If we're not careful, listen, let me talk to marriages for a minute. If we are not careful, we will think, well, if our marriage was like them, if, if we had a relationship like them, be careful to compare your relationship to somebody's social media relationship. Are you hearing what I'm saying? They only post the good stuff they want you to know about. They don't post the real things. I mean, no, social media is not reality. I mean, they buy, some of those, you know, they, they, it's, it's the most perfect. It's sort of like the selfie world. They're not posting bad pictures of themselves. You know, they tell me women, have, women feel like they have a good side and a bad side of photography. You ever heard that? I'm learning this nowadays. They had a good side and a bad side. They're not going to post the bad picture. They're going to post everything that's perfect. Then they're going to edit it. They're going to do all that stuff they do. And if we're not careful, we start feeling like people have what we do not have. When you need to realize everything that you need, God has put in your life. But he's expecting you to take that and trust him with it and multiply it so he can use it for his glory. I'm come to tell you, everybody in this room, God has given you grace that is sufficient enough to get you where you need to be in him. Would you clap your hands and praise him if you believe that? She has a need in her life. She is desperate. It seems like she's had loss. It's been, it's been chaos. If it's not bad enough to bury a husband, now the creditor showed up and tells me there's bills that I can't pay. The need is great. I'm about to lose my children on top of this. Preacher, I need a miracle. What's in your house? She said, I don't have anything but a pot of oil. He said, well, good. Let's use what's in your house. Go borrow, everybody say, say not a few. And she gets uh, her boys out and says, I want you to go knock some doors. Get, ask some neighbors if we can borrow vessels. It doesn't matter what the vessels look like. Just get as many vessels as you can. One after another, they begin to return. Her two sons, they're setting vessels around. I imagine some of them with their different sizes and colors and shapes. They begin to stack the vessels in the house and I can see, is that enough, mom? No, go get some more. The preacher said, not a few. That, uh, you know, our problem is we start laboring, we start labeling what is not a few. If we are not careful, we will limit God to what we think is enough. You see, when she's in the house, when, when she's in the house, she would have known what was the value of a pot of oil. You could sell the oil because the preacher said, when you get it and you get it full, go sell it and pay your debt. And uh, she would have known if I get, 
You know, if we calculate this many gallons or this many hens of oil, if we calculate this, then we can sell it. This is the market price for it. We could get this. We could pay our debt. The preacher said, don't borrow a few. Quit. Come on. I'm talking about a Lord that can take five loaves, two fishes and feed 5,000. I'm talking about a lady in the scripture, the woman of Zarephath, that she, all she had was enough meal in the barrel, enough oil in the flask to make one meal for her son, she and her son to eat and die. But the preacher said, give it, give it first. Watch what God will do and he can multiply. I'm talking about the same God that walked into a temple with his disciples and saw one man waving his offering, put a big offering in there and a the little lady shows up with two pence, two pence. Would y'all pick that up if you were walking down the sidewalk? Ask somebody last night. It's not much, it's just a, until I'm not the custodian. It's just pennies. Most people wouldn't even pick that up, but that's all she had. And, and she brought two pennies, two pence, and she put in an offering. And the Lord's teaching his disciples a principle. He said, who gave the most? Was it the man that had the big offering or was it the lady that gave all? And he said, it's the lady that gave all. He's teaching them. Why? Because God doesn't save by many or by few. And it's a dangerous thing for us to withhold what God has given us because in comparison to others, it's not significant. It is not the will of God to just sit there and do nothing because you don't have the talents or the gifts somebody else's does. But if you will give God what you have, he's going to take that small amount that's not enough and he's going to multiply it into greatness. But you've got to start by giving what God has put in your life. Come on, Paul said, quit comparing yourselves among yourselves. I come to preach to you, there's a revival in your house. There's a revival in your home. There's a revival in your heart. There's a revival in you. It's going to expand, but you've got to be willing to give God. Amen, what he's put in your house. Somebody say amen. amen. Do you believe this? Amen. Give God what he's put in your house. Lady, I feel like talking to the lady right now, the church. What's in your house? I don't have anything, I've already searched it. No, here's what you do, go get as many vessels as you can. Bring them into the house. Shut the door on you and your sons and watch what God's gonna do. I, I need a bottle of water here and all of a sudden, all of a sudden, come here, come here, come here, Ethan, stand right there. Uh, Sawyer, Sawyer, this is a vessel. Would you bring, bring this vessel in? You're my son. Bring the vessel in. You, you bring the vessel in and the vessels here among, among all the vessels. You just stand back a little bit, Sawyer. And then, uh, and say, hey, Brother Sean, you're welcome. Amen. He said, he gave me a thumbs up. You're a vessel. You're a vessel. And she takes that little pot of oil and starts pouring it out. Where are you laughing at? Amen. She starts pouring it out. Where are y'all laughing at? Glory to God. She starts pouring it out into one vessel. And when she looks that this lady that didn't have enough, that when she turns around, the pot of oil is still filled. And they get another vessel. Come here, Allie. You made fun of my hair one time. Here it goes. And brings another vessel and start pouring it out. And then another vessel starts pouring it out. When she looks, there's still oil in the pot. Vessels are being filled up. 
Let me just word it this way. Who would have ever thought that you and your little talent could make such a big difference? You in a small portion, a small pot could, could do such extravagant, amazing things. I'm going to tell you why some of you have never become complete in him because you lived your life in comparison to somebody else that seemingly had more than you had. But I hear the father calling in this room. There's a divine purpose for you. You don't have to be the keyboard player. You don't have to be the preacher. You don't have to be me. But you know what you can be? You can be you. And what he said, it's in your house. And if you'll start pouring it out, God's going to multiply it. Would you clap your hands and say, God's going to multiply here's our problem we just get the debt paid off but he looked at her and said lady do not borrow a few the amount you are going to receive is going to be based upon how much you can envision how many remember the king that he told him he said smite the ground three times with a bow and as many times you smite the ground that's how many victories you'll have it's the last miracle of the prophet and he grabbed his hand and he smote the ground three times and he got angry. Look at your neighbor and say, the preacher got angry. Maybe, maybe it takes that to get you to wake up and realize that now is the time. And he says it this way. Why did you smite the ground three times? Why not 10? Why not 20? One out 30. Why did you limit God to one moment? I'm going to tell you, because that's all he could envision. He could only picture this much coming out of his life. He said, you'll have three victories, but that's all you're going to have because that's all you envisioned that God could do. Why not just keep believing? Why, grab, why, why gather three vessels? Why gather 10 vessels? Why not gather 100? Why not just stop not gathering? She could have produced an oil factory from one little pot of oil. She could, have, she could have produced more as much as she could have believed. And my role in this room right now is to say if you will do your part, there is a role in your life that God will multiply. God will multiply out of your giftings. God will multiply out of your talents. We're starting this deal here in a few weeks. You're going to see it, Todd, actually starting Wednesday. And, and it's talking about the, the process of of. of of restoring people to a greater purpose. Everybody in the room can be a part of that process. There's personality tests in there. We call it some things called first steps. You'll learn where do I fit in the kingdom of God today? You know what I don't want any of us to do? To look over our shoulder and we never made an impact because we felt like what we had to give was not enough. It's not the will of God. Give these guys a hand. And somebody else is going to have to give them a towel. Somebody shout, pour it out, and he'll pour it in. We cap it off by saying, no, so you're asked to do something, and pastor, no, I can't do that. Listen, you shouldn't, when you're asked to do something for the kingdom, say no. Because it's possible that the prophet can see in you what you consider nothing. Where you at, Buster Gladman? Come here, come here for a minute. I moved here in 2004 and he was on the sidelines of the church, attended. His mother was a faithful pillar in the church, Sister Shirley Gladman. We've lost some great pillars in the last year, haven't we? Can I ask you, who's gonna stand in their place? Who's gonna be the Mary Williams faithful prayer warrior of the church? Who's gonna be the Shirley Gladman, the Dorothy Hutton? We could go on and name a bunch, come here. And uh, can you... 
bring him a microphone? I could see in him, my wife could see in him what God had in him. But it took me years to convince him what was in his house. He didn't feel good enough, significant enough, value enough, worthy enough, holy enough to be something in the kingdom of God. But I could see in you when I call you and say, Buster, man, God's going to do something great in you. I didn't know behind the scenes what was going on, but I knew what, see, I could see the future. I just couldn't see what was in there. But was it, is it two years ago, August the 5th? Almost three, yeah. almost three years ago. Almost three years ago, August the 5th, God changed his life, raised in church, started playing drums when you were how old? Five years old. Five years old in the church. We don't need to wait on people to get 25 to do something for God. Can you say amen? Amen. amen. I'm looking at Jackson. Hey, 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 Jackson, wave your hand. God wants to do something in you now. I believe when you're born, God has already something planned for your life. We got to quit listening to the voices and say, I can never do anything for God because I'm not good enough. Look at your neighbor and say, you are good enough. It's in the house. Would somebody help me shout, it's in the house? I want you to take a moment, just a moment and tell what you told last night. You have a powerful testimony. How many love Brother Gladman? Amen. Isn't he wonderful? Go ahead and give your testimony about being raised in church and what happened on that August the 5th moment. So like Pastor said, I was raised in church my whole life. Um, I got in with some guys who were older, who were doing things that uh, I never did because I was raised in church. And uh, here a little and there a little, I started listening to them. And before I knew it, um, I was no longer loving the things that I loved of God. I was turning away. And, uh, and until it's, I took 17 years of my life, um, I became an alcoholic, I drunk every day, if not every other day. Um, I started playing in bars and uh, talent that God had given me. But one miracle, I think, is he never took my talent from me. 17 years I spent playing, um, if you would, for the world. And he never, he, he never took it from me. So uh, on August the 5th, 2018, I was sitting, usually like I usually do, I would come and feel God on Sunday morning. <clears throat> and I would go home. And the voice in my head would say, now you know you're not good enough. You've tried to live for God before. You can't do it. You've already tried, so why keep trying? And so I started to drink. I drank a fifth of whiskey, went and started on a pint. And uh, Sunday night, um, I was listening to How Great Thou Art. I was completely, you know, pretty much out of my mind with the alcohol that was in my system. Um, Several nights I would drive home and not even realize how I got home. I would wake up with my legs hanging out of the vehicle on Sunday morning. So um, I was sitting there and the power of God fell so strong in that old barn. And I sent Pastor a text message and I told him, I said, I'm ready. He said, okay, I'll be down there. And the instant that he laid his hand on me, 17 years of addiction was gone. And it didn't take a program of months, like some people I understand they have to go through, but instantly 
when he took his hand off, I was completely delivered. I dumped out the whiskey that was left. I took a pack of 15 cigarettes and crushed them and threw them in a burn bucket. That was it. And God had completely delivered me. So for anybody in this room tonight or today that thinks or hears a voice saying, I'm not good enough. I, I've tried. I've failed. Don't give up. All you, God's waiting. All he's, he wants you to do is make an effort. And he'll meet you, I promise you. I'm standing here as a miracle. I could have been dead. I could have killed somebody and been in prison my whole life. But it's never, it's never too late. It's never too late. You know, that we have a praying church. I believe the only reason I'm standing here is a praying mother. A praying mother, which is a church, and a praying wife who never stops. So I hope I can encourage somebody with this this morning and just let you know it's, it's not too late. It's not too late. It's not too late. What he had was already in there. He just needed to believe that what he had in there was good enough. And when he released it and said, you know what? God can do in me what he's done for others. It came out. The, the alcohol left instantly was sobered up. 17 years as an alcoholic instantly delivered. All the years of nicotine instantly delivered. You know why? Because if you will give God what he's put in, it is enough to multiply into greatness. Now he's ministering. Now he's drumming at daughter works. Now he's, come on, I'm coming to tell you. God has a plan. If you're watching online, I don't care how long you've been away from God. God's given you enough faith to rally up to victory, to do something great for God. Let's all stand all over the building. She said, I'm tired of losing. Preacher, what do I do? He said, what's in your house? Can I ask you a question here today? What's in your house? What's in your life? What's in there that you've, you've just locked away because you didn't feel like it was good enough and not valuable? Pastor, I don't have enough time. Well, give the time that you have. I, 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 I don't read my Bible enough. Then just read as much as you can because whatever you give to God, everybody say, if I give this to God, he's going to multiply little into great. She get to pour it out in the vessels for years. But somewhere she limited it. Read it. She sold the vessels of oil and she had enough to pay her debt. And the Bible says, and to live on the rest. God's going to give you more than enough. We've planted churches and we have eight campuses around the area, not because we've ever had enough money, but because we were willing to pour out what we did have and God multiplied it. Come on, that's exactly right. God has provided in every area of every area of the church that we've needed because God knows if with us, everything we need is in this house. This is Mission Sunday in Guatemala. We didn't have enough money to go. Sister Jackie, you'll remember this. I was, I was in the structure, structure, teaching the leadership one day when we first went to Guatemala. We didn't have the money to go. We just went by faith. And I came out, the, the, the leaders were praying. I walked down the prayer hallway. As you know, the, the, where the men's prayer room used to be, there's two front entrance and a back entrance. And I walked out of the front. I had to go to Athens to teach a Bible college class. And I was walking down the hallway and the Lord said, there's $5,000 in that room with those leaders. Just like that, $5,000. When I was walking down, they were praying. I hollered in the back. I said, there's $5,000 in this room right now to give to help our work in Guatemala get started. And uh, that's what I said, $5,000. And it's in the Holy Ghost. I said, just pray about what God wants you to give individually. 
I called Jackie, Sister Jackie later said, how much money came in? She, I think it was 5,013 bucks if I remember right. That's about right, isn't it, Sister Jackie? All those leaders, not one person gave 5,000, but everybody gave what they felt God said to give. Everybody say, it's in the house. It's in this house. Everything we need. Who would ever thought that a few years ago we would be in, in, in eight cities in two, in three countries. And not one time was the money allotted, set aside, say, all right, we got enough to go. Not one time. I tell the truth, you're a liaison to our global works, Brother Mealy. Was it never, never enough. But we went because we had a word. Because we believe what God had put in the house, he was able to multiply. And now in Guatemala, we have 15 properties there. Would you clap your hands and thank God for that? I'm almost finished. But everything we need to do what God has called us to do. Everybody hold up your finger like that and say where the finger of God points. The hand of God provides. Provision always follows vision. The vision comes first. Provision comes second. In a logical world, provision comes first and then you follow what you have enough to do. But it doesn't work that way in the kingdom. We believe in stewardship, yes, but when God gives a word, it's gonna be enough. Look at your neighbor say, you have enough in your house. You have enough in your heart. I was recently convicted, moved. God gave me a word when I was in Texas. Just bear with me, just remain standing. About the kingdom of God, I prophesied to the pastor we were sitting there talking, Holy Ghost move. I began to tell him, I said, you know, everything we need to do that God's called us to do, we're talking about big vision. You can hear some things God has opened up to me since then. I've planned on preaching it tonight, but we're, not, we're just going to be safe. We're not going to have service tonight. But God has opened up some things to me. And I told him in the office, privacy of his office, I said, you know, everything that we need is in the house to build churches and to have worldwide revival. Somebody shout, it's in the house. And I said, I believe we can have, it's right now, it's ready, it's in our churches. I come out, tongues interpretation of the church was this, to the church. Couldn't even read my text. It said, now is the time. And I've given you every single thing that you need. Everybody shout, it's in this house. And I come back with a mission in mind. We don't have the money to hire a bunch of people to do a bunch of stuff around here or in our eight campuses. We got a McConnellsville work that we need to get built. I'm convicted that they have to have church down there and have church and have to go to the restrooms in, in uh, Porta Johns. Can't rent, COVID. We have to have that, but we can't stop having church. I'm convicted. And I realized that you know what we have in the house? We've got men that can excavator work, concrete people. We got people that can frame. We, we, have, we have people that can roof. We had carpenters and plumbers. And if they could just do their part, we can multiply and build buildings all over southeastern Ohio and have churches and a witness in every, every city with an apostolic witness. We've got it. We just need to use what God has given us. When I was growing up, home missions work, you know, the theme song was, you don't need a whole lot, you just got to use what you got. Faith is in this room. What are you doing for God? I'm convicted in, in, in Matthew 25 as a close. 
in Matthew 25 after he tells that the behold the bridegroom cometh chapter 25 the theme is the end time and he makes this statement to the body he says it's like a man that went traveling and he gave a portion of his goods to his servants and David one man he gave five talents to another man he gave two talents to another man he gave one I'm sure the guy with one said, why didn't I, why didn't I get two? Why didn't I get five? When he came back, when he, when the, when he came back, the owner came back, he, he went to the guy that had five and said, how'd you do? He said, I turned five into 10. I used what you gave me. He went to the guy that got two, he said, how'd you do? He said, I took two and made it into four. He said, enter in thy good and faithful servants. He went to the guy that had one, which was, Maybe the guy that said, I really don't have anything. I just have one. Compared to him, I don't. What'd you do? I buried it in the earth. You did what? I buried it. I left it idle. I didn't do anything with it. I left it there. He told the other servant, he said, go get the talent and give it to the man that had, had five. That's now 10. He said, and take him and cast him into outer darkness. Man, that's a stern statement. But can I ask you a question? When the Lord returns, He's going to hold you accountable to the talent that He gave you. It wasn't for you. It was making a difference for Him. And if you come back and God says, what did you do? Well, Lord, I, don't have any, I didn't have anything in the house, just that one talent. No, I gave it to you tomorrow. If you would have only seen what I was going to do with that talent, if you would have just used it and applied it. You know what? I don't always preach the way I preach. I used to preach a lot shorter. I didn't have as much to say. But when they asked me to preach, I'd have never told my pastor no. I was 11 years old. But there, and I've already talked to your dad, you're gonna preach tonight. I preached for a minute and a half. When I got done, I said, that's all I've got. That's all I've got. But I gave him all I had. And God used it from an 11-year-old boy, Trevor. Who knows what God's put in you? David, I preach to you often, buddy. God's got something in there. That's for him. You believe that, Noah? Mashante, Zion? I've been preaching to young people every week. Don't miss it. Don't mess it up with a bunch of video games. Just find the talent. Do a talent search and say, God, I don't want you to take my talent and give it to somebody else that'll use it. No, God, I'm gonna use it. I feel this today. There's electricians, there's plumbers, there's cleaners, there's cooks, we like to eat. God has given you talents, but you've got to get an alignment with God. And he's saying, watch in your house. And you start saying, I've got a pot of oil that God can use. It's, it's, it's able to be multiplied. Do you believe God can multiply that in you? If you don't want it, God will give it to somebody else. My dad was preaching one time and uh, there was an outpouring of the Holy Ghost. God was handing out blessings that night. My dad got up and he said, if you don't want your blessing, I'm going to ask God to give me your blessing. You don't want it, I want it. How many feel that way? This lady jumped up to her feet. She said, you're not going to get my blessing. She ran down to the altar and God touched her. What I'm saying to you is don't lose your blessing because you don't think it's enough to make a difference. We all have something we can give. We all have a way we can make a difference. Lift your hands all over the building. God has called us to now. It's no accident you were brought to the anchor. He's restoring you 
for a greater purpose. Quit talking about your brokenness and start talking about your pot of oil. Quit talking about your past and start talking about your destiny. Because God uses Brother Gladman, he's gonna use you. But he's waiting on you to make a covenant. I say it today, I'm gonna do something for God. My life will not be wasted. I'm not going to give the talent, get the talents you've given me and bury them. I'm going to do something with it. God, I'm going to be multiplied. They're going to sing. I want to pray all over this building right now. Take my hands. Take my feet. Touch my heart. Lord, speak to me. Face, face me, all, all three of you face me, one on each side of your, your mom. It's usually because uh, I, I didn't see Ryan here, so representing today uh, the woman in the scripture. She understood, and the prophet understood, everything you need for them to be saved is in your house. But the prophet said, get them involved in the process. I say to every mother, every parent, don't just come to church. Get the kids involved in the kingdom. I looked over and I said, hey, Peyton, wave your hand. He's not just a good basketball player. He's involved in the kingdom. He's running cameras this morning. So we can get the gospel to people. Get them involved in the kingdom. A lot of kids don't know their talents, but everybody in this room needs to be involved in the kingdom somehow. Young people don't need to be on the sideline and pushed away and not seen, not heard. They need to be involved. And what I'm saying to you as a mother, I'm just saying to everybody here, get, get involved in the kingdom. Because when they're here and they're watching miracles, I told Sarah the other night, I said, Sarah, you realize you've been in services where legs that were shorter than the other have grown? You've been in services where the withered hands have been healed, blinded eyes have been opened, tumors have disappeared, canceled surgeries, because when you're pouring out what you can, God's gonna do what we can't. Come on, this world needs a church that's alive, a church that's powerful, a church that has a flowing of the oil. Everybody's got some oil to give. Everybody's got something to give. Hallelujah. Brother Chuck and Sister Tina Bell, they, they're, they're, they're proficient with cleaning. They came and sanitized everything and all the instruments and everything, they, they're, they're involved. He's down there helping us in McConnellsville. I'm not mocking your age, but Brother Chuck, you're not too old to do something for God. He's plugged in every day in ministry. Amen. God's got a plan for your life. 
And I feel like God's going to speak to us. But every parent under the sound of my voice, you got to understand it's not good enough just to have oil in your house and you pour it out. you got to get your kids involved with what God's doing. There's a miracle in the making. There's multiplication in the making. I want, if we can, in family groups all over this building, in family groups, your family's with you. I want you to go to your family right now. Stay in your circle. We're not going to break social distancing. If your family or an adult, somebody's next to you, we're going to pray together. Go ahead. If it's a sibling, I want y'all to get in a circle right here. Sorry, you can come and stand with dad. We're going to pray. We're going to pray together. I want us to stand. We're going to get in a circle and pray. We're going to be safe, but we're going to do this. Get in your family circle. There is a connection of God. He's calling us to do great. If, if it's just a couple, the Holy Ghost is going to fall. If it's just a couple, hand in hand, look at each other's eyes. Amen. Praise God. Brother John, you're in my circle. Come up here with Pastor. The Lord's going to move and God's going to heal. What's next in your life? God's going to do something amazing. But God, this year, wants you to see the good that's in your heart. Everybody shout, it's in the house. Amen, amen. We're glad for everyone that's tuned in. We, we, we pray God blesses you. We're going to dismiss our service from video right now. We pray God blesses you at home if you will. We want you to pray and say, God, what can I do? Who knows what your talent is? You don't have to be a preacher, but God's calling you to make a difference. We're going to see more people saved we've ever seen before. But God wants you to pour out the oil that's in your house. God bless you today. Now all over this building, we're going to pray. Would you take a moment and say, God, reveal to us what you put in our house. Thanks again for listening to the Anchor Church Podcast. If you enjoyed it, make sure you subscribe so you can keep up on our weekly sermons. If you're in the Zanesville area, we invite you to join us on Sundays. You can find all the details on our website at theanchor.church. Again, thanks so much for listening, and we hope to see you soon.